getting so out of control. New York is getting out of control? No, LA and Vegas and places oh, like that. Oh, fuck. I saw some video on San Francisco. Um, speaking of traveling. Yeah. Um, where are you going? Um, assuming I get the studies, I will be going to... Um, um, I have to go to New York, Miami, Chicago, but um, I have to go back to Europe at the end of the year. You heard about this new policy? From next year, you have to apply for visa to get into the country. Europe, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I saw that. I've been trying to ignore that. Uh, it's more, I think you just do it online or something like that. I think it's more than anything. Like they want to know how long you're staying and just monitoring where you're yeah. at. But I, I do miss. Just it. put the chip in my fucking head and be done with it. Um, That's probably in three years. I know you got to go. I appreciate you coming by like this. Um, uh, where can people reach you? At Yoshi Obayashi at Instagram. Yeah. And then. Um, I don't really do anything a whole lot TikTok, but there's my friend Patrick. We just filmed um, second video at um, Jeffrey Epstein's place, but this time we did at Jeffrey Epstein, Leon Black, who is the benefactor for Jeffrey Epstein, and Rex Hellerman, who is the Long Island serial killer. And we talk about Mohammed Ata, the ringleader of 9-11. So my friend Patrick is going to release the TikTok that we filmed like three weeks ago. Yeah. So that's going to be out. And... Um, I'm going to Europe at the end of the year. But I was going to suggest, remember that kid James from El Paso, the comedian? Gay guy who hung himself? <laughs> no. No, no, yeah. I <laughs> I'm going to try to see if I could convince him, but um, um, when I get paid, if you guys are free, maybe we could do a trip, uh, go up to Kansas where, um, I, I've been there before, but I, w I would like to go back up there uh, for the BTK killers. Um, all those locations, you know, he's, he first murdered the Otero family. So I'd like to go and revisit that place. But yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff, 500 miles north up here. Uh, since you like... Yeah, we're going to do some Texas Chainsaw Massacre adventure when you come back. Yeah, uh, back that cemetery, it's only 30 miles north. That's the first scene of the movie. It's only 30 miles from here. Perfect. So, yeah. Well, so. you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Jason. Uh, this is the, uh, the new studio set up. Uh, the new spot, but um, yeah. As far as shows coming up, oh, your uh, your we're doing. We got your, a show. We have a gig, Yoshi. Uh, it's your show, and um, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. Uh, Sunset Strip, Midnight Madness, October 27th. Okay. Yoshi Albayashi, Ty Rivera, Brian Holtzman, 
Jason Rouse, Jake and Louie, and uh, maybe a special guest. Maybe Fantastic. somebody that was on America's Got Talent. You yeah. never know. You never know. But thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, go to all my shit. Jason Rouse 666 for all my shit. And um, yeah. AdultContent69.com. I like that. Um, no, it doesn't have anything around you. There's like 15 or 16 stories that I've written. I have my friend Rick re-edit, okay. re but uh, it's there. Great. All right, guys. Thanks Thank for you. watching, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks. No, thank uh, you. I was so we had that technical difficulty. As I'm, I'm figuring out, but this is not bad setup I got going. I just put the curtain up today, and uh, it seems to be coming together decent. And we are live. My big fat ass. Who's got a big fat ass? What is that? That's a left. And that's a right. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Oh, so you're already recording? Oh, yeah. You can see over there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hey, everybody. Uh, this is Jason Rouse, and uh, welcome to another episode of The Safe Word. I am Jason Rouse, and this is my guest... Yoshi Abayashi is in uh, in Texas again. What is this? Your third, fourth trip over the, since I've moved here last two and a half, three years? I think it's gotta be a sixth or seventh or eighth or something. Yeah, like yeah. Wild. What's what state have you been to more than Texas? Because you travel. Well, you're on the run. <laughs> <laughs> well, New York City for sure. More than Texas? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your attraction in New York? Is it just the petri dish of society or i'm I, it's obviously it's not comedy because i hardly ever do shows there yeah. but um um i mean you make some really interesting contacts there but also um obviously i like you know i've been watching a lot of those as you uh, russell call it very faggy part of my part but broadway <laughs> shows and stuff you know yeah um, did you go to see Everybody Loves Jamie in London? I remember you tried. I tried to get you in for that. Did my? Did we go together? No, I saw it, um, but I think I saw it in New York, not okay. in London. Yeah, I think your your friend was busy or something. He, yeah, he wasn't avoiding me or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the uh, stars of the. Uh... Yeah, I like musicals too. <laughs> Are you being surprised? Are you being sarcastic? Yeah, I'm to no, I'm totally serious. Oh, okay, I love theater. Anything that's live and scripted is wild to me. Yeah, I think that's why you were right. You and uh, Ari Shafir and a couple other people. I just got by Edinburgh. So um, the French has, I, I've been told there's like 3,700 shows or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it took me, you've done it before, right? 2004. Okay. Was it 2004? I just... The year after I moved to England, it was uh, that was the thing to do. You want to explain to the audience exactly what it is? I'm I'm still trying. You to take fifty thousand dollars yeah. and you throw it up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I think I lost only twenty five hundred, maybe three grand. It was completely worth it. Same. I uh, when I did it, 
uh, when I told people I lost money and they asked me how much, they go, this guy's here losing their houses. Yeah. They put everything into it. So if the listener or watcher don't know what that is, it's basically a massive performance art and any possible performance, they have it. So if you want to watch Circus Act, they got it. Yeah. Plays, musicals. It's the biggest arts festival in the world, as far as I know. Performance art. and, uh, And, you know, like, even I was like... You watch plays or whatever, but there's so many different kind of plays as well. You know, you have someone from, group from South Korea, Poland, uh, Belarus, Russia, oh, uh, yeah. you, you know, valet that I saw by Ukrainians and things like that. So yeah, um, if you multiply 3,700 times 20 shows, because, you know, people are there between 20 to 24, five days, mm-hmm. You do the maps like seventy, eighty, ninety thousand performances. Yeah. So even if you want to, even if you're a critic watching five or seven shows, at best, maybe three percent of the shows. So it's impossible to watch everything there. And sometimes it's, uh, mm. you know, a reviewer could come in, give you a bad review at the beginning of the week, and you're done. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the ticket sales are based on five star reviews. Yeah. And little blurbs from the Scotsman. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad I did it, but um, I mean, they, I don't think they, I'd do it again. No. They, they kind of have to keep reviews because how else? I mean, unless you like serendipity and just randomly pick different shows. Yeah. Honestly, when I started doing my show, I don't think I really had a feeling for like what how the show's going to go until like. A uh, little past ten days, you know. Same. I pretty much had a whole new show by the tenth day. Yeah. Because my uh, comedy club act was not really sticking to that. It's weird when people pay to come out and see you specifically, and you have no rapport with them, and they're they're looking at it as like a theatrical presentation, opposed to a comedy show. If you can get a laugh, they're happy. Yeah, and it's fringe, so edge of uh, whatever that word definition for that word but it seems like it's a, a edge of uh, what's considered standardized performance you know so mm. <clears throat> weirdly the audience in Scotland uh, they're all over the, they're also from all over the world they're okay watching something weird or different you yeah know? and also um, a lot of times um, like 2013 Phoebe Waller-Bridge did her show Fleabag and it was like the best show of the, the the festival, and of course they changed her life. Now she's president of the whole French festival. But you might be watching a show down the road, might be like a Broadway show. It's like the early stage of it, you know. So it's yeah. really exciting because to to accidentally pick something that you didn't know anything about, and watch and see and grow, you know. So yeah, <clears throat> that can work for you and against you. I remember there was a kid flyering my show, and he says I got yelled at by people who I suggested going to your show. <laughs> they, oh. were, they were pissed off because they do two for ones. There's like sales. There's a yeah. lot of competitive uh, ticket pushing for sure. Flying yeah. in the streets, all that stuff. I mean, I, I really didn't know what I was getting into. And um, I just told myself I want to do it. And I thank God for Rosie Tran and her husband, Andrew, because they did most of the paperwork, you know. I hate doing mm. that shit, man. Yeah. I really hate it. And then um, quite often when I get to the venue, I had no idea what it looks like. I was basically, I decided to do it. And I figure 
it's better to do something and get criticized than not doing anything and criticizing others, like as、uh, Ricky Gervais famously said. <laughs> so,、um, yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but. It looked like you had audiences. Yeah, they showed. I mean, it's more than half the battle. Yeah.、Um, I never had a show where no one showed up. So at least、yeah. I had somebody showing up every single show. And after my.、Um, and we're talking 60 seats?、70? No, no, no. Oh my God. 24, 25. Perfect. Yeah. That's every seat at the Edinburgh Festival is about 50 tickets in the real world. So if you can get one person there, I count that as 50 people at the audience. Yeah.、Um, It, it didn't make any sense to get bigger room, you know. And, but it, what was funny, the way, the way I thought I read it, they were going to handle like pass the bucket to get coin,、uh, tip and stuff. Yeah. Nothing happened. They, they would show up and、uh, turn the lights on. But other than that, everything that I had to set up everything by myself,、yeah. fix the chair sometimes.、Uh, that's 100 bucks a day. You're paying them to do nothing. Well, I mean, I think I was paying. God, $150, $180, maybe pushing $200 a day, really, yeah what, the, what it c o m e down to. But、um, but at the end of it, you're right, the show was completely, well, I wouldn't say completely different, but it was like、uh, 60% different. And I think I figured out how to do the show. So my my show was, name of the show is Adult Content. yeah I cover my childhood and working in adult business for a long time. I think one of the valuable things I learned was, um I think I accidentally figured out how to make the show great or better was women, if they, they, if they become your, on your side. <laughs> yeah. Because if you talk about porn to guys, they're already on your side. Is that my problem? <laughs> <Yeah> . But I, I think I got the feeling that a lot of the women showed up because their boyfriend or husband went to see it, because, you know, I was on Tom's. Segura's podcast, Persistence Get Pod. But I think <clears throat> within seven or eight days, I think I kind of figure out how to do it to the point where I think most of the women, I mean, I, I don't know if I want to hear this, but most of the women are like, well, surprisingly, I learned a lot and it was completely different from what, I, what they thought was, which is kind of gross. And is there any recordings of it? Because you've got like adventure a, stories for days. I, I have a recording of it, but,、uh, um, but even when I finished the festival, I know like, I need to work on it for another year before I even,、yeah. even, like, even dream about taping it. But,、um, And that's what、yeah. Ari did with Jew. Oh, really? Yeah, like he, he'd been working on it for a couple of years. COVID happened. And then、uh, he ended up workshopping it and then recording it. So he workshop first in French?、Uh, Yeah, yeah.、Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because his, his Edinburgh Fringe Festival was based off of that. And、okay. it eventually turned into what we saw on YouTube. So, yeah, I think,、um, I mean, I did two shows in the States before I went to Edinburgh. Once in Washington State. You know what's so crazy?、Um, I was so worried that I don't have enough material to talk about for like an hour. <laughs> And then、um, when I did it the very first time at my friend Ruben's place, and I, I was talking for a little bit, and, and, and I think I did like、uh, 15% of the storage I had. Oh, how much time has passed? They said hour and 15 minutes. Oh, that's great, though. So I. I It's better to, than falling short. At、yes. least you can edit from that. 
then when I, I when I did a sold out show in LA, which is you know, we rented a place. I sold out every seat. I cut more, but talking to my friends after, like, it's too long. Like uh, some stories, I'm just going rambling, you know. So, I think uh, it's clearly better better than the first time, but I still need to work on it. On it, and I want to do Adelaide and um, Adelaide. Adelaide, uh, yeah, Australia. Right. It's the second biggest one. Melbourne. Uh, yeah. Auckland uh, Festival in New Zealand. There's uh, a whole run of it over there. Yeah, the I want to do that one, and I want to do the one in Iceland with you, because yeah. I think you mentioned it. But anyway, yeah. June, I think. I don't, you know, we don't have to keep talking with mm. French, but so I've been doing that, and when I got back, um, I've basically been in like 18 days in uh, Austin. It's weird, man, because I just can't believe how much pot, doing podcasts really help you with these young kids giving stage time, you know? A lot of people make their careers off of their... There's comics I've seen recording specials that I've never even heard of before that have all generated a massive audience through yeah. their online presence. Yeah, and I think, you know, like... TikTok. It, I think it's a different skill set, you know. Like you might be great stand up, I'm not necessarily good at this, uh, podcasting, or you maybe you're way better on podcasting, not good at stand up. But you know, I mean, there's also a rare one, like someone like um, Bill Burr, who does excellent both things, and you know, obviously, yeah. But um, yeah, so I've been here. I got back today. Um, 18 days, got a couple of shows. Then uh, I'm gonna get locked up tomorrow. Medical testing. I, we talked about this before. And yeah. Then when I get out um, next three months, I'll be going back and forth between here and other cities for shows, I guess, you know, until January. And then what's the plan in January? Um, when I finish the medical testing, then I, I have to figure out what to do. Because once you finish the medical testing, you got to wait at least one month before you could do another one. Yeah. So I, I just hope the money lasts by then. Yeah. What did they cut you a check for, like four grand? This one? Ten grand. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but it's three months, so you know if you divide it by three. You... No, I get it. It's not a. Uh, it's a. It's it's work. Yeah. Yeah, and you're using your body. body. Yeah. <laughs> so they come in, they inject you, or they give you pills, or do you get um, blood work done, or? I pass everything. You know what's weird with this place? Um, I don't want to mention the name because mm. I'm different down in Texas, but they're all kind of similar. But each facility do it a little different. But this one, after I passed my physical, they checked my blood and everything, urine, there's no drugs, and I'm healthy. And then they say, like, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll have a um, Zoom talk <coughs> four days later, and I got to talk to a psychiatrist, make sure there's nothing fucking wrong with me, like I'm not suicidal. You know? Yeah. So that was kind of hit again. And uh, obviously I passed, and um, I'm going in tomorrow. But yeah, this one is kind of funny. They have How many the, weeks? Uh, I'm locked up for eight days. Okay. Then there's like ten follow up next three months. Yeah. So like every two weeks I have to go and they have to check me, you know. And is California based? No, I have to go to San Antonio for me all the time. Oh, is that where you've been going the whole time? No, no. Um I did a couple I went there once. Okay. To screening, which is like um auditioning to see if you could qualify for the study. And uh now that I pass I have to check in tomorrow. But since I don't have a car, you know, I have to get up like two in the morning. Get on the bus at three a.m. Get there five. I have to wait five hours before I could show up to yeah. clinic. Yeah, that kind of sounds. 
hilarious. <laughs> Fuck. Get up at five. Take a bus. No, get up at two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, Fuck. you know, like, if you don't make enough money in comedy, you, you got to do this shit. But I, I, I do think... Um, you know, I, I got to do things that I don't want to do. I really don't want to do TikTok. Just, I'm just old, you know, but I, yeah. I need to do that. And I got to do YouTube and things like that. I've been forcing myself to do pod. So I did three the first week. I did three last week. I'm just doing one. Thank you for letting me do it. In August, I've been doing this for 10, or last August, I've been doing this for 10 years. The podcasting? Yeah. This has been a thing for a decade. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Man, I couldn't do it. I did it. I, I did 2011 to 2014, like 15 or something on yeah. and off. But um, it was a little different too back then. But but these kids in Austin, it's unbelievable. Like they're relatively new at stand up a year, maybe three or four years. Their fucking facility for podcasting. Jesus Christ. 20 years ago, you would have think it's like a state of art. Yeah. Recording place for Harvard Stern. iPhone and a microphone in your you got a podcast yeah and and you know you never know like they'll say things like oh man fan or whatever and like you would think like is it joe rogan because that one time i did it no it's always like some small thing that i did it i don't even remember you know mm -hmm. yeah it was really weird jason when i was in embro and these kids would show up sometimes they give me a big tip like 50 pounds or something yeah nice and um yeah, I've been listening to you for like 11, 10, 11 years. Like, mm -hmm. okay, then I ask, because it didn't seem right. Like, so how old are you? Like, they, they would tell me, 19 years old. So he's been listening to me beating up old lady. Yeah, you're a role model. <coughs> working porn, how to get hooked. Yeah. Like, seven or eight years old. Yeah, but you're not We're a drug addict. Parents. You, yeah, but you're not a fuck up. You're yeah. not a drug addict or an alcoholic. You're none of the cliches of how many people, every time I went to AVN Awards, there'd be a dead girls at the end memorial yeah uh doesn't go so well sometimes well i mean it's it's funny well it's not funny the, <laughs> the, the fact that you know um today's october october 3rd 2023 last week one of the kid killed himself yeah i, I didn't know the kid i met him a couple i had times. him on my show i liked the kid a lot yeah um and i missed a memorial yesterday you know i couldn't go yeah i, I didn't want to go uh, it's too much for me. Yeah, I fall apart. I well, I remember like when when um, I told somebody about when I was visiting you like a second or third time in Sweden. Yeah, the day you picked me at the bus, you told me Patrice died. I yeah, didn't, I had no idea. And, yeah, uh, I literally found out in at literally an hour before you arrived or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I you know. Um, a lot of suicides and uh, a comedian dies every month. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many. So there's, there's plenty that I never heard of and, and yeah. knew. But, um, I'd say 60 natural causes and 40% suicide. Well, is it... Well, I, I guess it depends what your definition of natural because if you're like overeating because you're on the road, you don't exercise, you eat. Drug overdose, I yeah. would consider as natural causes. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it's kind of it is in mm. stand-up comedy. Yeah. You know? And uh, 
like I was talking to recently um, I met Richard Jenny one time mm-hmm. and between five six seven days later he killed himself you know <sighs> and the only reason I, I talked to him because I was at the Laugh Factory and somebody hey Jenny you should talk to this kid he works in porn so he was talking to me and it wasn't any raunchy talk. It was like, oh, what's it like? You know, he yeah. had a lot of questions, you know. He was very smart. And like, he had a, like, actually, like, interesting question to that. And then, then within a week, he went to his bathroom and shot himself, you know. Yeah. And I've heard all kinds of different things. But um, it's, isn't it weird? Like, it doesn't matter what we think. When you look at someone like that and Anthony Bourdain, like, what the fuck? They have so much success. You know what a life they live. Even the 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 kid that had killed himself here in what's his name Nick Nick Roach. Okay, and uh, everybody loved the kid. Yeah, he had a lot of he had potential. Yeah, he had potential. He had all those great career adventures that we all aspire to. Yeah, in his future. Yeah, it sounded like he was opening for David Lucas, and uh, I don't I don't know Dave at all. Mm. But even he seemed like very sweet to guy. Yeah, he he yeah. been he was roast battle champ. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so he yeah, was roast battle champ. Yeah, he was uh, he was a good guy. Fuck. I just I, I, I just saw him walk by and uh, say hello. Somebody introduced me. I said he was a very very nice kid. Um, I just I probably introduced you to him at the creek or something. Yeah, quickly, and I saw him a very very funny gentle kid. Yeah, and. Uh, and you know i did audrey's podcast last week and she wanted to talk a bunch of different things but uh, i told her like you know i think it's just it's so it's sometimes it's better to talk about something obvious things uh the elephant in the room yeah so she broke down and cried and um hilarious (laughs) good for ratings yes girls in their 20s crying somebody's always going to pull over to take a look and uh i mean i i need uh, I knew she was going to get emotional, but I, I didn't expect she was going to. I, I, well, <laughs> you know, I'm fucking retarded. Like I, I don't know how to read the room. <laughs> it's not like I enjoy seeing shit like that. But um, yeah, you know, it's um, it's it's really sad because if if you own a restaurant, you're so busy feeding people. A lot of time, you forget to feed yourself. Um, yeah, it's like every every mother cooking and then she's the last person to eat yeah so i think robin williams said that then um the reason why even even when he's feeling terrible he really want to give the best performance because because there's always somebody in the room is suffering and they need sure. laughter you know and which is a great sentiment but the problem is sometimes comedians get so obsessed getting making sure everyone laugh but they forget to make themselves laugh as well you know and that's the, that's the rough thing. I think people get caught up in that stimulation of the laughter, mm-hmm. and it is addicting at times. Yeah, it's like any other drug, and I think people that hang everything on that, yeah, when it doesn't really happen. Yeah, there's rough patches in life, and some people, if you don't have other things going on. What do you call it? Self care. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do it. Well, you know, like it's it's kind of weird f- from our perspective because Richard Jenny has so much respect from other comedians. I mean, like Joe Rogan was talking, like one of the greatest. I, and I, I don't I, I don't think I ever saw him. I just saw him at the, you know standing at the yeah. factory. 
everybody say that and I'm clear that he was making millions every year but I think some people speculated that you know he started comedy around the same time Jim Carrey and Jim has reached stardom at the level of this like uh, you Mount know, Rushmore level yeah and and and, uh, and I guess it doesn't it's almost like you know you, you play baseball when you're a kid and you, you made a minor league and the kids that didn't even make it to minor league think they're amazing. But even if you're in minor league, you look at other players that you started with, and they're playing majors. Yeah, but Jim put fucking Richard in the mask. <clears throat> I, no, 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 I know that. Yeah. But I think, I'm sure he was grateful, and Jim is very generous, but you can't help, like, it's never enough, I think, once you reach that level mm. for some reason, you know? And... uh and you know how many times I read the history of Hollywood, these actors working really hard, just making it in the business and getting into the movie, eventually getting to the point where you become a star, you get into the point where you get nominated, and... Uh, then cancer. No, no, they, <laughs> they get nominated for Oscar, and I don't know how many times I read something where that moment you win is just an incredible experience, I guess, but it's interesting, <clears throat> but right after it, it's not exactly what they, what they thought. All, all, all their problem would disappear and they become happy, and like within f- few hours, even a day, you just realize, okay, you got this sober, uh, golden medal thing that everybody respects you for. But we'll see it in a pawn shop five years later. Yeah, yeah. And, American Idol's probably got America's Got Talent. All those shows have skyrocketed these kids into stardom. Yeah, and then they kill themselves. Some of them, yeah, I'm sure. The good ones do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think um, it just shows, like, it doesn't matter what people think if you're doing well. Even if you're not doing well, but you, you have, like, self, you have some dignity and you have friends and families and uh, you have some sense of self-worth. That's almost even better than somebody actually has having success in all those fucking problems, you know. More money, more problems. Yeah. So, I think I think for the most part, um, Russell's pretty well adjusted. You know, he's got a loving mother and brother, and um, sure, I'm sure once you once you reach that level of financial success, you probably want more things. But I don't know. You know, it's um, it's probably better to have some success and, and, and feel good about yourself, you know, but it's just crazy when these people with a lot of success, like, die so young or yeah, success. The, but the general public's idea of what success is, you know, I think success is living longer than the people you hate. <laughs> That's success. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I would be around my left foot style, wheelbarrow. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. I probably my career would probably go better. Well <laughs> Would you it, bring me out on stage in a wheelbarrow? <clears throat> Don't you think um I mean it's so clear that uh, you're a funny guy. But it's it's really weird like um it's it's almost like showmanship, right? Like you have to know how to be funny on stage as a comedian, but there's all the other shit, you know. Yeah, the other ninety nine percent. 
Because Tim Dillon was Tim Dillon was talking about this, and like he, he maybe uh, he was talking about President Trump is funny. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm President Trump. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. Former <laughs> President Trump, and um, he said President Trump is funny, but he doesn't know why he's funny. And I think he was talking about something. There's many funny comedians, but they don't know why they're funny. And I think having that blind spot yeah. does prevent you from maybe monetizing and finding success or something like that. But uh, it's a complicated thing because on one hand, you know, like I remember watching Dead Poets Society years ago and I thought this, I thought this actor's ABC is going to be a major success. I was wrong. It was X, Y, and Z. So it's, it's very strange. Like you think certain people have certain pro uh, pro projection. And you never know what's going on behind people's eyes. Yeah. You know. Because, you know, I just got back from uh, Skankfest, and there's a lot, I met a lot oh, of Oh, yeah, people. how was that? Oh, you were there the last day? You came in the last day to kind of check it out? I got there night before. I was too exhausted. Yeah. And then um, Sunday I showed up. I was there by three or four hours. I saw a bunch of people that, you know. You I just passing through Vegas? Did you have business in Vegas? I just went to see, uh, meet up with people. Yeah. It was actually pretty good. I, I I met up with a couple of people that I wanted to meet and need to meet. So that happened. Um, yeah, people must have been stopping you all the time. I well, just to say hello. You know. Yeah, but yeah. fans, they're like, "Where are you performing? You must have had that. Are you doing anything? Because I, you got fans. I when I told somebody, I go, "Yeah, I got a podcast coming up uh, with um, uh, my buddy Yoshi," and they go, "Yoshi? Yeah, we love that guy." Well, I think. I think that's partially true, but uh, you know, I, I got a bunch of messages after I post those pictures after I got back from Vegas. Like, oh, that was you, because they couldn't tell. Like, huh. they don't want to be racist. They <laughs> grab an Asian person. And, Are you Yoshi? Yeah, because you never talk about your height. No, Were you six two, six three, six one almost, six one. But a lot of people are like, I'm. The why people? Are so, why people are so afraid? Like they, they don't even want to say, "Are you Yoshi?" Because they don't really seem like racist or whatever. Well, Yoshi sounds like a racial slur, to be honest with you. Why? If you went up to somebody and said, "Hey, Yoshi," yeah, it's a it's a video game character. Well, yeah, right. That's not an insult, but I I think they were just worried, like going up to some random agent, like, "Are you Yoshi?" This no, you think we all look like? They, I think they don't want to deal with that. So That's like. Funny. I think I had like 30, 40 people saying, like, yeah. oh, that was you. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That shit doesn't bother me. You know, they should know better. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think um, I was, that made me laugh. Um, but it's amazing, you know, like, I, I don't know um, uh, Big J Okerson. I saw him, you know. Um, You've never met Big J? Huh? You've never met Big no, no, J? No, 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 no. Oh. I, I saw him. Oh. It's just that I saw him early in the year in January at the mm. porn convention. I said, Jay, and I guess he didn't hear me. I thought he was ignoring me, so I, I just left him alone. And uh, when I saw him, he said, like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't hear you. He, he was a very, very kind, nice person. Yeah. You know? He's like, next time when I uh, respond, just grab me or whatever, you know. So so it was nice to see him. I didn't see Dave Smith, and uh, I saw Louis Gomez, but he was busy with, like, a uh, fan or something. So I, I think you're the only person that calls him Louis Gomez. Oh, well, Louis. Oh, Louis. But Louis sounds Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want... <laughs> that's, maybe that's why he doesn't respond to what I said. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I wasn't there pod once. I bombed, so like, it's been weird. I think. What do you mean you bombed in Vegas? No, um, I um, I did the Legion of Skanks. I didn't. I didn't think I did well on it. So. Oh, you were on the show on the Legion of Skanks podcast. I don't know, three, four years ago. Maybe. Oh, okay. I thought you did it in Vegas. I'm way off. So. Um, but it's amazing that to think these three guys started a pod. I don't know, maybe they're visionary. They knew like when they started this pod, they're gonna have a festival. But it's crazy to me, like your mom's house, Joe Rogan's pod, and uh, Legion of Skanks, you know, all this different pod. When I heard about it, I'm like, well, why is it so different from radio to podcast? I didn't understand. Well, obviously I was wrong. Yeah. And then they made, it's not a podcast. They, they, they're like media entity now, mm. you know? So, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I that's, think that's like probably fifteen years of grinding. Yeah, with three on-air personalities. Yeah, and probably between the fans and the people in between the talent and the fans. Sure. that do all that stuff. Yeah, um, to keep that thing going. Sure, and and uh, I mean, first time I did it. Pod was 2011 with David Cho, KGB, Koreans Gone Bad, and after that, DVD, ASA. But at the time, like, I I just didn't get it, you know. I mean, uh, of course, you know, within five, six, seven years, like, you start noticing, like, when they, when, when strangers start talking to you, like, they know you, and, like, I'm trying to go, did I yeah. meet this person? And they'll mention, like, remember the time you did this? Like, no, I don't fucking remember any of it, you know. Then talk, they talk for 10 minutes, like, oh, yeah, I remember that now, you know. But sometimes you forget, once oh, you yeah. record these things, even when you're sleeping, somebody's listening to you 24-7. You 100%. Know? I yeah. remember early in this venture that uh, I'm looking just in 24 hours, I could see like, oh, this thing's been working while I've been sleeping. Yeah. And that's really just having a flag up while you're unconscious to keep the people interested because there's people waking up on the other side of the planet <laughs> sure and a lot of people have unfortunately boring job where they could listen to stuff and do their job so yeah. they need to do this to um co help them continue on but um and relate to somebody outside of their social circles and they gravitate towards personalities and comedians um that they can find entertaining or something that they have relatable to which is why my numbers are so low because i'm completely unrelatable no that's not true i think <laughs> I, th I think most people just see they they you. were they weren't sure it was you when they saw you whether well, they know it's me and they don't talk to me <laughs> They're like that fucking guy um yeah i, I I'm, I'm i'm learning like I, you know i've been i've been pretty clear lately like I have like between eight to ten people that, I, including my brother, I want to take care of. So that's the only reason. But I mean, yeah. you and I, we really let's be honest. You and I, we're not like materialistic people that we don't really need a whole lot, you know. But because of that, I've been doing. I've been forcing myself to do things I fucking hate. Yeah. Even asking people if I could do their pod, and uh, of course, you, you know, the John who you introduced me mm. to. I don't know how to say John's last name. Neither do I. Oh, <laughs> we're just going to keep his last name out of out this. Of it. Okay, um, just say John from Toronto. Yeah, is he's, what... he's been very, very helpful, you know, and uh, and uh, yeah. So I've been doing the, that kind of stuff, and another thing's like, even when I do bad, which is quite often, you just got to kind of ignore and keep doing it because you're a lot harder on yourself than others, you know. And uh, I don't know how many times somebody's like, "No, that show was great," like. I don't know. I just have 
so much doubt but i don't even i don't even gauge anymore they oh that's great thank yeah. you i move on i go like no it wasn't that fucking 10 minutes at the end sucked yeah the front was fucked yeah, yeah. and including stand-up it's also a podcast too you know because i mean it sounded like i did all right on robert kelly's podcast at your mom's house but when i did him at as i'm doing it what the fuck? This is bombing. I'm not going anywhere, you know. So, what do you uh, mean? Is it guest you're bombing, or it doesn't seem like it's going well, you know? But I mean, there's times I think it's going well, but those are the ones. It's clearly after afterward, people say like, "Yeah, that wasn't good." So it's really weird. Yeah, but those people go fuck themselves. No, 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 no. But uh, but uh, <laughs> they're not be mean about it. Like like the, my friends who are objective, they'll tell me like. Oh yeah, this one you did really well. Really? Like I didn't think I was doing well. And this one, I thought, well, this is like no, that one was kind of boring. So it's, you just never know. And I, you know, it's not this is it's not a scripted conversation. So I didn't know what we were going to mm -hmm. talk about. You know, um, since it's October third, I, I want to I do want to mention something um, interesting. Suicide to me. again. Here we go. Today's the twentieth anniversary of a, a guy named Wally George passed away, and uh, he used to have a show in Orange County called uh, Hot Seat. And this is, he was one of the first person to do, um, he, he was a precursor to shows like uh, Jerry Springer and stuff like that. And they used, to, I think even um, Johnny Carson called it, oh no, no, William F. Buckley Jr., who is the father of. Um, oh, I remember that show. Conservatism. He was, was pre-Geraldo. Yes. He was outrageous and very... Is he alive? He's, he died 20 years ago today. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he... Uh, he was uh, fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> William F. Buckley Jr., the, 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 the creator of the National Review of Conservative Paper, called him, um, it's like Tonight Show with cockfighting. Yeah. Because during that show, the fans go, Wally, 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 and they go crazy and start fighting people, you know? And he would yell at some guy, get, get out of you, goddamn communist. And, and, and sometimes uh, a guest will throw his fucking chair upside down and shit like that. Yeah. And interesting, he's conservative, and he started radio in, in uh, Sacramento and places like that. But he's also father of Re Rebecca Del Monet, the actress from the uh, Rescue Business. She's super liberal. Really? That's that's her dad. <laughs> yes. No way. She smoked it while Risky Business. She was beautiful. I mean, yeah. you know, we we all age, so you know, she. I'm sure. You know, Who was the porn star in that movie? Uh, was there any porn star? I'm sure there no, was like hookers. Rebecca or, Del Rey. Didn't she do porn? No, who? No, no, no. Who's the, uh, uh, oh, God, when she, she was making porn underage. Oh, that's Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords. Yeah. Yeah. She was on Roseanne. So Rebecca, so Rebecca was, um, I mean, just beautiful lady, 80s, just stunning. And uh, But, yeah, it's so strange to find her dad. I'm sure they were re reconciled at the end of his life but yeah he was super conservative guy living in uh, Sherman Oaks doing shows in Orange County but yeah if I highly recommend Hot Sea with uh, Wally George check it out on YouTube yeah you know and there's there's times he'll have like a Playboy Playmate and of course that's that's the one of the few times when and this is what 87 88 83 to like early 90s yeah yeah, yeah. and but yeah. yeah my friend Steve Catani used to go I, I had no idea because I was living in California at the time I had no idea how where Anaheim was. I was such, such a dumb kid, and if I would have known, you could just show up, watch that show. I would have gone, you know. But yeah, it's twenty years, so how quickly time passes, and 
a guy like him had a tremendous influence on like Jerry Springer and uh, Downey guy. In fact, Downey guy was on the show. They started getting into uh, verbal fights in the show, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, you have Hollywood, uh, liberal, left-leaning entertainment, televisions and movies. But if you're conservative or, or right-winger, it seems like they dominated AM radio. And I don't then, understand. Like, my ignorance here is why? Why would you pick a political party? I don't understand the reasoning. Bef I'm conservative, and yeah. I just don't think. I think it's it's silly to me. I don't understand it. The universe doesn't subscribe to global politics. I don't understand if a if a if a natural disaster. Do you claim to be a conservative when there's blood in the streets? Like I don't, I don't know. Well, Too that dumb. that's really uh, interesting. You say that because I think um, during. Times of crisis. Time of crisis, it, it, it doesn't become, uh, it's about like, um, well, when there's a natural disaster, w which is obviously not created by liberal or conservative, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm safe to say major earthquake hitting San Francisco or something, uh, that would unite the whole country, both liberal and uh, conservative. 9-11. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason why, okay, so... It's kind of funny you mentioned Roseanne because I had this conversation recently. <clears throat> if you watch television shows, and, and a lot of people watch television and movies, um, can you even, do you even know any show recently or within the last 10, 15 years, uh, the focus is, is on like working poor? Like if you watch TV right now, like Succession just ended like three months ago. It's about family of billionaires. If you watch House of Dragon, it's about royal family. Even if you have like a, a show. Oh, white underbelly. <laughs> well. But that's the extremes we're dealing with now. This but what is, I'm talking this about. The middle people are gone. I'm talking about like a traditional um, media, like television shows, your network. Yeah, because um, traditional media is run by conservative. Not traditional media. It's run by center. It's liberal people. How come I can't say cunt? How come you don't have a Netflix special? No, but you know? those are uh, um, um, obscenity cases, which um, both conservatives and uh, liberals don't like. And the reason why they don't like it because they don't get the money from advertiser. Yeah. I don't think they personally care. No, no, what I'm, what I'm saying is, um, honestly, even when you have a sitcom with all black family, they tend to be like professional, like they're lawyers or doctors, things like that. You really haven't seen Working Poor since Roseanne, if you're being honest. That Roseanne yeah. aired like a few months after I graduated from high school in 88. Yeah. And all in the family before that. So I've been saying that the, the traditional- Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, that's low income. That's low income. poor people. But but a lot of but you, you you don't really see a lot of working poor show where there's a lot of dignity to them. Mm -mm. Roseanne was the last one in my opinion. I mean, I, I, maybe I missed it in London, or England, or yeah. something like that. But I I think that's why 
when you ask me why these there's like a conservative things a shift you know when when i i work for um, michael dukakis campaign 88 i think that was the last democratic politician actually was for working poor when bill clinton won he made it like a pack you know devil's alliance he made he give a lot of uh, good deals to corporate interests so they pretend like they care about working poor but they they represent corporate interests too just like republicans too you know so that's why this culture war is like a big thing now because no, nobody really care about the working poor or poor people in this country. They, they, they really don't. This is the growing pains between fully automatic, robotic... Yes. Uh, robots, no one has a job. Yeah. If you can fix these things, you, it's like the mechanic. All car mechanics are going to switch over to robotics. Yeah. And those are the only people who actually have calluses on their hands. Maybe robots fixing robots. We're all going to just cycle ourselves out of our own existence. Sure. So for a long time, <laughs> Demo Democrats re represented the uh, working poor. And, and, and once Clinton won, that working class party shifted to Republican parties, weirdly. And it's not that Trump cares about poor people. But one difference, in my opinion, Hillary Clinton, when she went to those poor white area in like Western Pennsylvania, whatever, she basically like, look, the mining job, that's not fucking coming back. So get used to it. You know, if you're 50 and you work in that business all your life and some elite rich or white lady telling you, you need to re-educate and get a new job. You think that's really realistic for a lot of the older? At 45. Or 50 or so? It's, yeah. it's not. When Trump showed up, he said he's going to bring jobs. Everybody knows he's, he's bullshitting too. <laughs> but then these voters in America are like a bunch of fat teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Even if you're lying, they want to hear something sweet to hear from you. Hillary didn't do that. And I think that's where I think why the working poor gravitate toward conservative because these rich elite in New York and LA they look down on these people because they do you know that's why and I, I don't really like that shit just like I don't like that shit in Canada uh, when the, you those Ontario they made those truckers bad people they're not bad yeah. people at all fuck that I can't it, believe they went to their bank accounts and froze all that money. I couldn't believe it. And they call them Nazis and shit. Hey, I just saw a post today. The Canadian government's starting to censor podcasts now. Yes. I've been posting. I sent a video. I sent an episode of a white underbelly to a friend of mine via Facebook chat. Yeah. And it came up blank. Like the, the fucking... I've never... I just started seeing this. They, uh, clearly the law was just passed recently. But when, um, uh, like, what did it say here? They fucking gonna ready to okay. Yeah. Unavailable. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, I got in trouble. Uh, my my Instagram account is in trouble because I forgot the lady, the super conservative lady in uh, North or South Carolina. <coughs> she was showing pictures of Hunter Biden fucking <clears throat> during the congressional meeting. And they're saying I was, I was promoting <laughs> pornography, but I think I got that from C-SPAN. Yeah. So it's on U.S. media, yeah. and even though they were mad at her for doing it, 
I'm not putting some pornography. I mean, you might consider that pornography, but U.S. representative was debating about corruption with Biden, and she was showing that. So I thought if she could show it, it's newsworthy. Yeah. So, but they're they're giving me a hard time now. They're now they're saying only f- people who follow my account could see my pictures now. Oh no way! Yeah. Fuck. And, and it's not like I was showing some pictures from Hustler, you know. No. But, so I, I think that's why uh, I, the people who has power to ban, um, they will never apply the same standard to themselves because recently in, in Canadian par- Parliament, they cheered to a guy who's Nazis. Nazi. <laughs> no, but he really is fought w- yeah. for Hitler. He's on the hardworking Canadians. <laughs> They're not even asking. I'm applauding him. He's standing in the House of Commons or clapping this guy. <laughs> and this hardworking Canadian truckers and farmers. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't think they're asking a lot. They're just saying, you're taking all our money. They have a right. They should have a say. And they call them Nazi. <laughs> they're not Nazi. They're just hardworking people that want to take care of their family in Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm not even fucking Canadian. They're Nazis. And they're literally cheering for Nazi. But they're they're responding. Well, he's not he's not that bad of a Nazi. You know what I mean? Nazi light. Nazi light. They're Nazi <laughs> adjacent or whatever. Yeah. So I hate people that have power to censor people, and then have a bit slip like that. I'm hey look, come New Year, I'm going to apply for. Uh, I'm going to become American. Are you? Are you going to apply for yeah. a citizen? Yeah. My green card's up for renewal in about eight years. Yeah. But uh, I'm just so grossed out by Canada. This is censorship. And I thought they were so crazy with the COVID measure. Yeah. When I, when I have to f- lay over in Canada like twice, oh, my God. They, at, at the airport, they say that particular test is not good. So they made me downstairs SeaTac COVID place. So I have to pay another $300. And when I got to fucking Canada, yeah. they test me over again. Yeah. And like... The amount of money that was funneled out of poor people's pockets <clears throat> just so they could have a life. Fucking pieces of shit. The lineups, I've never... It's, I, it's, I've never... Did you get vaccinated? I had to do it once. Yeah. I did it at Johnson & Johnson. Well, you do medical testing, so it comes with the territory for you. It's really a thumbs up or thumbs down. But I don't... I don't. I don't want to do it unless I'm getting paid. I started smoking during COVID. I picked up tobacco and hard. I was trying to make my body so inhabitable for anybody, even myself, that uh, it all died. I beat Uh, AIDS during COVID. (laughs) But are you you serious about becoming a U.S. citizen now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be American. I thought you'd be a little more happy about no, it. No, no, uh, <laughs> no. No, it doesn't matter. No, I, I am happy, but I, so does that mean? Do you have to renounce your Canadian citizenship? No, I always have a cash passport, but uh, I'll have to probably if I decide to move back to Canada, which is not going to happen. Um, I would uh, have to re- reinstate myself as a, a citizen. Okay, as long my, as long as you have access to that, I don't care. Yeah, I just when I. Get my cancer. Yeah, I'll move back to Canada. Canada. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but I don't like this. What makes me mad about these people who are um, screaming, yelling at people, and uh, government lies all the time. 
You know when they say things like, oh my God, if we live in a, a third Reich, I would never behave that way. People who were screaming out about COVID measures, those are the people who would have like, supported the Nazis. They would have been. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Same they, face. They, they, they were just uh, snitching on you to the, the yeah. cops F- and stuff Rats. like that. Yeah. Bring I, back the violence is what I say. Man, it's... it's um, yeah, That's why I like it here because you just get shot in Texas. There's not a lot of arguing. No. Well, the fact that people think you might have a gun make you think... I... Fucker. What? Oh, what happened? Did I do something? No, no. We'll, we'll cut that out. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why. Who is this Mr. Beast? He makes a lot of money, huh? He's one of those internet nerds that uh, capitalized on all that shit. Yeah. I don't know why that happened, Yoshi. But we're going to have to... i got to get going soon anyway. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up. And we're back from commercial. Oh, is it recording again? Yeah, it's all, it was always recording. I'll just have to snip this out. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I, um, you, know, you know what's weird? I'm always the old, I'm always the oldest person doing shows, whatever. Weirdly, um, <clears throat> because of these people that I want to take care of, and and coming to Austin, uh, first time in a long time. Weirdly, I've been pretty optimistic about the future. You know, mm. there's a lot of sh- business and political part of comedy that I fucking hate. So that's why I never really focused all that much. You know, like I love. I've the- had these things. I, I don't mean to draw lines, but. Brian Holtzman, Jason Rouse, and Yoshi Abayashi 